as you walk along the road um, in the city of Zuljara, which is glowing on the horizon, gets bigger and bigger, uh, you can see it more clearly. The rain is gone. We can see clearly Oh, I can see clearly now. The rain is gone. gone. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. Welcome back to our podcast, Tales from the Table. I am Cloud, the dungeon master and creator of this adventure, and around our virtual table we have... Athanasius. Flower. And Caden. Whose name is now officially canon in-game, and Caden, instead of just Caden. Or is it just Caden? <laughs> just Caden. Just Cadenonix Cobble. Uh, which one of you wants to give us our summary this time? I believe I gave it last time, so... No, Flower gave it no, last that time. Was, that was me. Two uh, episodes I gave it the time before. Yeah. Fine, Athanasius has to do it then. Hey, uh, we walked out of the bar, and there was Joe outside, and we were like, yo, Joe. And she was like, yo, your adventures, I want to hire you. That's what Joe sounded like. Voice? Oh yeah. my god, you yeah. want me to do the fucking voice? Yeah, yeah you better. Ye old adventures. <laughs> <laughs> There be man-eating cactuses out here. Arr. Arr. No. It wasn't uh. a pirate. Pirate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Joe, the pirate of sands. No. Um. But Joe was like, "Hey, I need adventures to go get these magical boots out of the gloaming for me." Also, there's man-eating cactuses, and Athen was like, "The fuck, those exist." And coyote eating jackrabbits? We're just going to yeah, and jack that? Yeah, and jackrabbits that eat coyotes, apparently. Anyways, Joe offered to pay us 3,500 gold, which is a shit ton of gold, to bring those boots back. So we were like, you fucking yeah, hell yeah, we'll do that. And then we went to the gloaming, and we had an encounter with some shades, and I made them all run away with Turn on Dead. The, the gloaming sounds like a coming-of-age ritual for a cult. Gloaming is actually just a word that means like twilight. I believe you. It's a it's it's just, just a it like sort of me. archaic fancy word. Like when 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 uh, Athens says we went to the gloaming, it sounds like we attended a coming of age ritual <laughs> for a cult. That's what it sounds like to me. <laughs> it's like a hazing ritual. Oh yeah. my god. The gloaming druids. <laughs> Dude, we went to Burning Man, and there was a gloaming. Exactly. Was, yeah. Okay. We went to Electric Forest, and there were a bunch of gloamings. Yeah. Right. Yeah, no, you're right. This would be an ideal word to play Balderdash with, wouldn't it? Gloamed because everywhere. you could make up a lot of different meanings that sound plausible. But I, I swear that's what gloaming actually means. It just means it's just a fancy word for twilight. Yeah, it's spookier than twilight. It is. That's that's why I used it. I thought it was great, per, you know, personally. Okay, you guys are still in the shadowy remains of the village of Mirsa, uh, but now these shades have retreated, so the road to Zuljara is open ahead of you. We go quicker this time, I think. 
<laughs> okay, you start to hurry a little bit. <laughs> you mean we don't sit down and have a talk about Beauty and the Beast and uh, man-eating cacti? Nope, let's get away from these uh, spooky, scary skeletons. They are not skeletons, but okay. Ominously enough, Flower, if you turn around and look behind you, uh, even though you really should be able to, you can't see the edge of the gloaming. It looks like the whole world is just twilight now. I draw an arrow in the sand to where the edge is. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, that's not really <laughs> super necessary because you know that you came in on this road, it which went all the way better. to the Lonely Whistle, but yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Stretching out before you is more of this... Uh, it's not like full sand dunes there there, there's quite a bit of sand and some of it is in low hills um but there's also some patches that are more packed earth covered in you know sort of gravel no vegetation really to speak of um and you don't really see much in the way of animals either maybe a couple times you see some small lizards or something skitter off but not a ton to see here. As you get closer and the city of Zuljar, which is glowing with, you know, soft light on the horizon, gets closer to you, you start to be able to see it a little more clearly. You can see that it looks different than Mirsa, which you just passed through. Everything in Mirsa was shadowy and indistinct, but Zuljara looks solid and real and bright and glimmering under uh, the twilight sky. You can see the fantastic shapes of all these uh, curved and domed uh, buildings, uh, which is sort of the architectural style favored by uh, the Solunari elves. Uh, you know, mixed in are these sort of sinuous towers, uh, but right in the middle of the city, is a spectacular tower, much larger and taller than all the others. It almost looks like a pillar holding up the sky. It's so big and, and almost impossibly tall. Uh, and it glows with the brightest light of all, almost like the moon. Um, it's beautiful to look at and quite an incredible thing to see. And then as you look, you think you see, it's still quite a ways away, but you something, a large, dark shape, definitely flickers in front of the brightness of that tower uh, for a few moments. Uh, something long and sinuous snaking its way through the air. Uh, and then each of you, as you are going along the road, looking down, you each notice something, sort of one after the other. Athanasius, as you guys are walking along the road, um... All of a sudden you feel, you feel a tug at your mind, almost like someone just tugging at the corner of it just a little bit, just a slight little pull. Just like you felt the voices of the shades pressing against your mind, trying to get in and you didn't let them. Athanasius, you feel something tug on your attention and looking down, you see that, um, you know, there's maybe like a, a small collection of stones at the side of the road and leaning up against it, uh, almost as if it was blown there haphazardly by the wind, is a torn piece of paper from a notebook. 
it catches your eye because even just with a cursory glance, you can see that what is written on it is a spell model, uh, like the ones you have been uh, studying with Gilbert. This is a point where you can feel the magic of the gloaming pulling at you. Um, do you go over and pick up and inspect the piece of paper, or do you leave it where it is? I think I go over and inspect the piece of paper. Okay. All right. You feel that tug on your mind, and even though you resisted the voices of the shades, this is just a little too intriguing for you to resist, and you walk off, and you reach down and you pick up this piece of paper. Um, why don't you roll me roll me an arcana check, and like we discussed before, if you already had proficiency here, you now have expertise. Uh, 17. Okay. Yeah, Athanasius, as you look at this piece of paper, it's this is a very different, well, a somewhat different kind of spell than the ones that were in the journal. Uh, just, you know, quick reminder, the ones that were in the journal were transferring consciousness from one place to another, so maybe from one body to another body or into a golem or something like that, and then also the uh, magical augmentation of uh, physical beings with maybe the attributes of animals or inanimate objects. Um this is something different and also something bigger. This would be maybe just the sketches of a piece of a very large, uh, almost arcane engine, the spell would be uh, if it was complete. And this is just one piece of it. It definitely does have to do with transference um, of, of a sort, though there's other things mixed in there too. Um, you would probably have to study this for a little while longer, and you could probably use someone else's help, maybe Gilbert's, uh, to completely discover all the secrets that this page holds. You do notice, though, a couple of things. One, it's written also in a slightly altered form of draconic, although it's not at all the same as uh, what was on the page or pages of the journal that you studied before. Um, but it is an altered form of draconic and thus a sort of altered form of magic. Almost as if the two people who, the two different people who wrote these had kind of a similar idea in mind, but were going in slightly different directions. Also, the handwriting is very different. You notice the uh, firm, uh, but very precise and flowing and very elegant nature of this handwriting. You'd be willing to bet that whoever wrote this was female. And uh, down at the bottom of the page, um, in amongst everything else, it's a little hard to tell, but you might be able to make out a mark uh, that looks like two A's. You don't know what that means. Okay. It's a battery paper. <laughs> oh, yeah. Double A, double A battery paper. All right. Um, do either of you do or say anything when Athanasius walks off to pick up this piece of paper? Yeah, like, we just saw something mysterious in front of this tower, and I look around, and Athens is just ambled off, and I'm like, uh, Athens, let's let's stick together, buddy. Yeah, I, I keep going until I get the paper. All right, well, I'm going after him, like, hey, we really, like, if there are interesting things, let's go as a group, all right? I don't want to, Caden, Caden, get over here. Caden was uh, like standing on the road, and then... Flowers is that and came like shuffles over. Like I go to wrap my tail around him, but but stop. Oh. <laughs> Athen, do you say anything to them as you're looking at this paper? 
Uh, I think I'm in my kind of typical academic study, nothing else matters. Well, then I clap my hands very hard right in front of his face. Oh, uh, 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 hi, Flower. Hi. Hi. We are in dangerous territory right now. I understand that this is, like, important, but... Let's get uh, back. We gotta put safety, you know, top of mind, all right? That can come later. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Let's stick together. (laughs) I kind of shake my head a little bit as if to, like, clear a fog. It wasn't... There wasn't something compelling you to do that, right? I feel drawn back to the road. I mean, not compelling necessarily i felt drawn to it hmm all right i'm with kaden on that one yeah okay let's go yeah you guys continue down the road uh the city getting clearer all the time and flower if you're watching out for it sure enough you can see more of these it's hard to like really make out what they are but every once in a while a dark shape which must be pretty large if you can see it, um, passes in front of some of the lights of the city. Whatever they are, they seem to be uh, circling the city overhead, uh, flying through the dark. And you said serpentine, or did I just... Oh, yeah. That? Yeah, okay. sort of sinuous. Yeah, you sometimes you think you see something that must be appendages, but it's all sort of weird and almost... It's nothing like you've ever seen before, and your brain is having a little bit of trouble making out what it is. You're like, is it a flying feathered serpent? No, it's not it's one of bird. those. It can't be a dragon. It's no, fine. no, it's not quite a dragon. It, it, it's, it's almost too simple. The shape is too simple. No, it's definitely not a bird. It's definitely not a bird, but you can't, you can't make Superman. out fine details yet. It's a bunch of Supermans. <laughs> like, they just like a train puzzle. of Supermans? <laughs> oh. Awful Eldritch Supermans. As you continue along the road, uh, the next person who feels a tug at their mind is Caden. Caden, uh, I think maybe your shoelace comes untied and you sort of stoop down to, to retie your shoelace. And as you do that, all of a sudden, uh, you just feel almost like just someone gives you a little nudge, just a little bit of a poke. And as you turn to see who it is, you see that there is a piece of paper, mostly buried in sand, but just the tip, like just the very top of the paper is sticking out of the sand. And it has the symbol of your uncle's tea shop on it. <gasps> hey, hey guys. And then uh-huh. Kitten just cuts off and he oh. goes for the paper. You too? Okay. <laughs> We follow Caden. Okay. Caden, do you pick up the paper? I do. Okay. Caden, you pull this piece of paper all the way out of the sand, and you recognize that it's a piece of your uncle's stationery. Uh, he used to have stationery that he would, uh, you know, write people receipts or bills on uh, or IOUs, things like that, that had the logo of the tea shop on it. Um, And on it... Uh, There is handwriting, your uncle's handwriting, but you can't really, you're kind of struggling, it's it's not very bright, you're struggling to sort of read it and and see what it says, you recognize his writing, but it seems to be a 
random jumble of letters and numbers that doesn't make any sense to you. And yet they are laid out in nice, neat uh, sections and columns. They must have meaning of some sort. Uh, maybe it's a code of some kind? Hmm. All right. Now I'm just staring at this piece of paper and not saying anything. Caden? Earth to Caden? Oh. Y- yeah. This- yeah. What? What's What's your note? It's, uh, it's my uncle's handwriting and stationery. Has Caden told us about his uncle? I don't think so. Probably not. <laughs> yeah, my my uncle's, uh, I'm looking for him. And, uh, this is the first sign I've found of him. I stuff it in my pack. Could he, could he be down in this desert? Maybe a little misty-eyed. Yeah, there was, like, um... You can tell there was like a, a like a coffee mug ring on it, uh, except obviously it would be a tea mug ring, uh, you know, on it as if, um, you know, your uncle had put a, a cup of tea down on it. At this point, I'm kind of like looking around for my note in the dirt. <laughs> yeah, you're almost <laughs> you're almost dreading one. it. You're dreading it. What what's going to turn up? What what is coming to find you out of the darkness and the sand and it surprises you a little bit when you catch sight of it because it's not a piece of paper. Uh, you see <laughs> the glint of something small and metallic along the side of the road. Surprise, surprise, there isn't another piece of paper in the desert. <laughs> yeah, I, it's, it's not a piece of paper. It's something small and metallic. And Flower, you look down at it and it seems to be like some sort of small metal or medallion that is like... It's just barely sticking up out of the sand, but the part that is sticking up, you see, has a name stamped into it, and the name is Virtinia. Oh, yep, yep. Guys, this one's mine, and I, I go to pick it up. Okay, you pick it up? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wasn't really envisioning a universe in which you didn't. <laughs> nope. And I put it back down. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not inter- I'm not interested in that at all. I set it on fire. All right, so flower, as you reach down uh, and pick up this small piece of metal that was laying along the side of the road, um, as you pull it out of the sand, you see that it is actually two sort of oblong discs of thin metal stamped with letters, both strung on a leather thong. Uh, the top one says, Vertinia, comma, Temar, that's T-E-M-A-R, Pilus Primus, 5th Legion. The one underneath uh, is a little bit more worn. It has like a huge gouge across it and it looks like it's almost been cut in two. And it says, Vertinia Sabiha, S-A-B-I-H-A, Ferum Invictus, 5th Legion. Uh, and both uh, also have a sort of crude symbol stamped on them, which is uh, the image of a blazing sun behind a raised sword. And if you want to roll me a history check, you can do that. Um, could I just ask Athens? Yeah, you could ask someone else to roll a history check. <laughs> I imagine, yeah, he'd actually know what's going on here. I mean, maybe we'll have to see. He spent a lot of time in the library. He might not know anything about I have uh, absolutely no idea with the uh five that I rolled oh no okay so yeah you were in the library the whole time and you're like what 
the Empire had a military? Nah. Well, instead of reading the books, he was lifting them, remember? <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, he didn't. And yeah. especially the ones about military history, because those are so thick. I, I, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you this much. Um, this much you know even just without a check. The symbol doesn't look super familiar to you, but you know that it's common practice in military companies throughout the Empire to have these sort of ID tags uh, in case someone is, you know, uh, slain in battle. Uh, it's easier to identify the body. Um, and that uh, you know that uh, Pilus Primus is a very high rank. That is the... Uh, head centurion of an entire legion. Uh, looking at the second one, uh, it says Ferum Invictus. Uh, you know what that means. It's Almerian. Uh, it means uh, the unconquered sword. Um, this is a. There are several words for sword in Almerian. Uh, this one, you could also just say the unconquered iron. And uh, fifth legion. That seems to. Now. Well, maybe yeah ironic that uh fifth legion seems to sort of speak for itself um you have a feeling that the symbol of the sun and the sword means something but you don't know what it is and i assume you tell me that yeah i tell you that i would love to go on a tangent about the naming of armies but we don't have the time Flower, what what's going through your mind how are you feeling as you you pick up these id tags out of the sand well, Virginia told me about losing her last sparring partner, and I'm now thinking that that was her wife, or I guess a sibling. Definitely want to bring this up with her um, when we get back to the Gallimaufry. Is it the Gallimaufry or just Gallimaufry? I think just Gallimaufry, although there's no rules here, so who knows. All right, you guys continue towards the city. Uh, it's getting pretty close now, uh, and I want you all to make me perception checks. Thirteen. Eight. Seven. Rip. Maybe we're going to say it this way. As you get even closer to the city, you do, now you can see the gate that this road you're on leads to, uh, and the gate is open, um, and you know that, I think Casimir already said it was called the Gate of Opals, and you can see why. Um, you can see the uh, opal that has been worked in intricate geometric patterns all around the, uh, you know, sort of sides and top of this enormous, beautiful gate uh, that is uh, open almost invitingly onto the road. And then, out of the sky... All of a sudden, you see a large, dark shape. It swoops low. It's hard to describe what it is, except that it almost looks like a giant kite. Um, it's sort of a long, sinuous body made of many different pieces, um, and spreading off from it are, are other pieces flapping in the breeze, almost like wings or arms, but they're... They're regular, you know, geometric shapes. Um, but you can definitely see a monstrous head uh, with sort of glimmering eyes on the front of it. Uh, it swoops down low over the gate. It doesn't go for you. You're still a little ways off from there. But this is the closest and clearest view you've gotten of one of these creatures. 
uh, so far, and it startles you. In fact, it startles you so much that it's pretty much too late by the time you hear the cackling and whooping laughter behind you. And as you turn around, you see over the top of, uh, you know, around and around the side of a nearby dune, a pack of flesh strippers heading right for you. Oh, dear Lord, I don't like that name. I start throwing dollar bills at them. <laughs> you can try. It might work. Um, can I Google what a flesh stripper looks like? Uh, don't bother because I made them up. Um, they look oh. like hyenas, except that uh, they have sort of, you know how some species of bats have those sort of like weird turned back noses that expose their teeth? Um, that's what's going on here. And their front canines are really long, almost like a saber tooth tiger's. Um, and they have really bristly hair along the back of their spines and uh, sort of... Uh, white markings on their dark fur that almost look skeletal like bones uh the flesh strippers look at you and uh pulling back their lips even further uh they cackle and shriek and go right for you uh there's five of them roll for initiative that's a 17 a hot three from me 15 all right because you have been so distracted by this rather the horrifying sight of this I'm going to say for lack of a better term, kite monster. I don't know what you if you guys think of a better word uh, that you want to use for these, but that's kind of what it seemed like. A really giant, um, terrifying, sort of dragonish, but also horribly not dragonish kite. You don't want to give us the power of naming, because I did this with my other group with these like horrifying beast, um, like tree monster wolf hybrids that were like pulsing with these this orange ichor and the one that came up with was juicy boys yep that's (laughs) about the level of uh, get ready yep that's that's about about what i expect from your friend group though so these are gonna be floaty boys floaty boys got it oh obviously yep yep as this floaty boy has swooped down out of the dark sky of the gloaming for a moment. It's hard to see them because they are dark colored, um, but it you get a pretty clear look at it. It frightens you, and so you are not prepared as uh, the first flesh stripper throws itself at you. Uh, which one of you... Ah, we're just going to roll for it, which never goes well, because when I roll for it, they always go for after. If it rolls a four, it has to attack one of its own. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they they... They, they might do that. They're pretty vicious. Uh, but no, it uh, goes for flower. Uh, it's not me! <laughs> it, it wasn't you. It's a fucking miracle. Athen tenses up and sees it go past him, and it's just like, hey! <laughs> yeah, it flies past you, and then flower, with like a presence of mind I, I would not expect... Uh, twists out of the way so quickly and sinuously that it actually trips over itself and rolls down the uh, opposing uh, side of the slightly raised road and uh, sort of conks its head against a rock and lays there whimpering. It rolled a one. Yep. <laughs> I smack it with my tail as it rolls past. Yeah. It's, uh, it's very confused. It's like, what just happened to me? Uh, sadly, another one is coming right behind it. And, oh, it goes for flower too. <laughs> and misses. 
<laughs> Flower, why does the second one miss? I mean, I've just got, I, I know how to like turn myself so it, it gets the like thickest part of my armor so its teeth just can't get through it. Oh, like those bite-proof suits that they have for like training police dogs? Yeah. Okay, so it's really sunk in there, but it's not touching you at all. Nah. All right. Uh, third flesh stripper first. We'll see who it goes for. Flower. <laughs> now the dice is cursed hey, and it can hey, only roll flower. I'm the tank. Bring it on. I know. That one also does not hit. Man, Fuck these yeah. guys. They are, they got the jump on you and they are fucking it up. All right, well, now you have two slathering uh, hyena monsters hanging off your armor. Okay, now, Caden, now it's your turn. Just, like, one from each big arm. Are they all within ten feet of each other? Uh, no. Uh, three... No, two of them are hanging off flower. One is maybe uh, ten feet away in a bit of a ditch. And two more are running at you, but they're maybe still twenty feet away behind. There's five. Uh, so there are there there's there's three of them within ten feet of each other because you said two were on flower and one was one is about ten feet away lying in a ditch. Yeah, I rolled a one. Sure. There we go. That's what we want. Yep. Okay, if I cast an AOE that does ten feet radius, is it gonna hit flower if it hits all three of them? Well, yeah, they're like on they're on him. So yeah. What's the meta magic you have? The one that's not subtle spell. It's uh, careful. Careful. Yeah, I'll, I'll use that. You can use I'll that. Use careful. You don't have to. I'll cast shatter. Oh, <laughs> wicked sweet! So, All right. I imagine so. It's like a sudden loud ringing noise. So I imagine this is just like, you know how there's like different sounds of thunder. Mm-hmm. Oh like yeah. You get like the really sharp thunder, and then there's like the little rumbling one. Mm-hmm. I imagine this is like the really sharp one. So I imagine in the middle of the ten foot radius, like there's a a small little small little bolt of lightning. It strikes and it sends that that sharp sound wave at each of them. Yeah, it's really cool. I love that. Nice. They everybody needs to make a Constitution saving throw, except Flower, who automatically succeeds. Okay. There's just like magical cotton in my ears. Okay, one of them succeeds, but the other two fail. Ironically, the one that succeeded was the one laying in a ditch. I don't know how he managed that, but... He was already kind of half-deafened from hitting his head on the rock. So he was shielded from some of the sound. Sure. Yep. Alright, so that's ten. So ten for the ones that failed, and then five for the one that succeeded? Yep. Including Flower. Sorry, Flower. God, should I do... Should I do a cool thing? Or should I save it? (laughs) Fuck it, yeah, I'll do it. I'm gonna use absorb elements as a reaction to that. Sick. Wait, awesome. does Shatter do lightning damage? Um, gain resistance to oncoming acid, cold, fire, lightning, or thunder damage. Oh, it does thunder I damage. Mean, I didn't realize th- absorb elements damage. included thunder damage. That's yeah. cool. Thunder's an element, right? No. Deity's <laughs> weird. It really thunder should be called like sonic really. damage or something like that. But oh, that's cool. All right, sweet. So you take nothing? Um, I take resistance to it, and then um, my next attack will deal thunder damage as well. Okay, cool. So you take two. Nice. Yeah. Sick. Let's see. Looks like Athanasius is up next. Woo. Honestly, everyone seems to be, like, dealing with these pretty effectively. 
<laughs> I'm like, I'm kind of impressed. I like make a mental note that's like, yeah, like our teamwork is getting a lot better. And uh, then I told the dead, the one that's in the pit. Well, it's not in a pit. It just rolled over into a little bit of a ditch. Ditch, whatever you okay. want to call it. It didn't magically. It's not like rolling a one and just a pit opened up underneath it. Like the universe From is the like, fuck you, buddy. To the pit. All right. Oh, do I have to do a wisdom saving throw? Uh, I believe so. Let me double check. We should really know this by now. Sorry, listeners. Oh, totally saves. Does it? Yep. He got a nineteen. Just, just too damn stupid to. Yeah, these guys aren't scared of their own mortality. What's mortality? They don't know. All right, next up, uh, Flesh Stripper number four is going to come. Nah, attack Athanasius. Uh, Athan, I'm assuming you have your shield out at this point? Yeah. Okay, okay. It uh, scrapes its teeth across your shield. Does not hit you. Next. Attacks Caden. One shots Caden's dead. Well, we'll see who it attacks. It does attack Caden. Oh no. Yep, a flesh stripper number five goes for Caden. Oh no. Oh fuck. Well, you've got a grave cleric on your team. Oh uh, yeah, it definitely hits you. Okay. Um. How much damage does it do? Uh, I'm about to roll it and find out. Uh, five piercing damage, and then I need you to make me a constitution saving throw. Oh god. At least it's not against being blind. Maybe you can make this one. Oh god, that's right. Um, that's a nine. God damn it. God damn it, Caden! <laughs> the DC on this is only eleven. <laughs> I have zero con mod. What do you want from uh, me? Yeah, but your dice Wait, you, you have, have almost a fifty percent chance. That's an eleven. Did you roll a nine? I rolled a nine. Plus your constitution save. Zero. Oh, wait, no. I'm proficient. Fucking... I am 11. Thank God. Okay, You're fine. Welcome. Yes, you welcome. You save against their, like, horrible bacteria-ridden <laughs> saliva. Jesus. Yay. Okay. Good. So you only take the five piercing damage, all right? Okay. And <laughs> bottom of the pack, flower. You have two hanging off you. What do you do? <sighs> What I really want to do is like you do smash curls with the extra weight, obviously. <laughs> I want to smash them together, but Duh. mechanically, that's not going to be as good as just hitting them with a machete. I mean, I'm a DM who loves inventive combat. Uh, if you want to do that, uh, just roll me like a strength check to see how hard you can swing these dudes into each other, and then I'll pick a damage dice based on that. Okay, nineteen. Oh, nice. Yeah, you're going to do like a big fat, you get their, you're one, you're freaking strong, and you get their skulls to clack together, so you're going to do a D10's worth of damage. Shit, alright. Would that be, <laughs> it's not a weapon attack, but would the residual thunder damage go off from that too? Heck yeah, if, if it said your next attack. Yeah. Then this is an attack. The skull cracking damage is eight, and then the thunder damage is four, which I assume only one of them will take. Yeah, it doesn't matter. You crack their skulls together, and their skulls split open, and their brains dribble out a little bit, and uh, fuck yeah, and they fall dead from your hands. <laughs> Making a big scene, trying to draw the other ones at me as well. I applaud. <laughs> Golf clap. 
<laughs> yeah, golf clap. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, uh, back to the top of the order. Uh, number one is in a ditch. Uh, he gets up and kind of shakes his head a little bit. Some crazy shit's been happening, but... Uh, oh no, two of his mates just got their skulls literally bashed open. Oh, that's a tasty-looking sorcerer right there. I think I'm gonna go for that one. Yeah, that one looks small and, and helpless. Oh no. Wait a second. <laughs> Wait a second. I don't think I can keep taking hits. <laughs> You've got shield. The flesh stripper streaks towards you on long clawed paws, its teeth bared, dripping horrible saliva. It's opening its mouth. It's going to take a big chunk out of you. I want to cast shield. Okay, what does that do? Increase your well, AC? I guess I have to be hit by an attack first. You you were just hit by an attack. I just hit you with one. But as it goes to sink its fangs into you... I jump up in the air because I cast a level one spell. Oh, nice! <laughs> just, <laughs> whoop, suddenly you're just not there anymore. <laughs> And is your AC also increased by... Yeah, it's increased by five. He's just like, whoa, see you, motherfucker! I try, shit. I try and see if I can get one of my party members in between me and the flesh eaters. I don't know if that's if possible. If you can go ten feet like up, then yeah, you should be able to... Yeah, you do a... You guys are all sort of bunched together, so you do a nice uh, somersault right over uh, Flower's back. We're golf clubs. Or head. Right over his head, because you're up in the air. Now Flower's between me and the flesh eaters? Um... That was my goal, to get a party member between me and the Flesh Eaters. I don't know if it's possible, though, since we're, like, surrounded, it feels like. You know what? You, you're you small enough that you can stand sort of, yeah, huddled behind Flower if you want. And Flower can basically be between you and the Flesh Strippers, yes. There that's fine. That's what, that's what I want. Yeah. In fact, I think there's a halfling trait where you can hide behind other party members. Or at least pass through their there space. Is. Whatever. Doesn't matter. But that's, that's stealth. Oh, nice. Okay, uh... So so next up, we have uh, Numero Quattro. It's going to... Oh, wait, who's he targeting? Aha, Flower! It goes for Flower, and... Oh, uh-oh. So, sadly, these things have a special thing called pack tactics, which means they get advantage on their rolls as long as there's one not incapacitated other flesh stripper around and uh this guy just rolled a natty 20 against you flower so this one goes goes straight for the throat all right take 13 uh piercing damage and make me a constitution saving throw nope oh wait you uh no it's a six oh bummer okay Uh, i'm i'm counting this by the way because flesh stripper number five is is right up on uh, on top of the group as well. As is number one. Is it within five feet? Because that's what Pack Tactics says. Uh, it's a little hard because we're not playing with minis uh, or on a map. That's what we have DM for. Yeah, I guess. I should probably look into whether we can use Roll20 for battles because it would be easier to keep track of where things are. Who was the last one that number five attacked? Did it attack Caden? Attacked Athen, right? One of them attacked me in bounced off my shield i'm not sure oh that was, was probably five. number five because then number one went for caden the one that rolled a one went for me was right the second one to go for that's me. number one so then number five is the one that went for um athanasius i don't know athanasius were you how close were you to flower when the battle started it doesn't matter what's done is done okay Let's just keep going 
so let's see. That's not um okay. So it it only deals you um four poison damage. All right. Yeah. Still hurting. Still hurting, but it's uh it's not um it's not nearly as bad as it could have been uh, for a critical hit. Now I'm all out of order. Oh, that's because Caden cast uh, his thing as a reaction. Okay, it is Caden's turn next. I'm like, wait, uh, how can it be Caden's turn? Caden just went, but you didn't. You cast shield as a reaction. Okay. So how many are still alive? Uh, three. Oh, that's that's ideal. It is, and since uh, I would say they're all within ten feet, since I uh, used pack tactics, it's only fair that you get to retaliate. I don't know if I want to cast because then I feel like both both. Athens and Flower would get hit by Shatter. Probably, yeah. Yeah, so I'm going to use Scorching Ray. Oh, nice. Um, uh, except in this case, it's like Scorching Thunderbolt. Yeah. Right. Yeah, whatever. It's like, it's like fire lightning. Like, <laughs> um, Great balls is, of lightning. Is there... Any is is one of them healthier than the other two, or how's their health looking? The one that was in a ditch got hit by shatter, but the other two haven't been hit by anything yet. Okay, I hit, and one of them just took a nasty chunk out of flower. Okay, I want to hit the one that was in the ditch. Okay, with two rays, and then the one next to flower with one ray. Okay, and I make a range spell attack. Okay. 15. Yep, their AC is 12. Do you have awesome. to make three ra- or two ranged spell attacks? Uh, it says create three rays of fire and hurl them at targets. Make a ranged spell attack for each ray. Okay, there you go. Oh, okay. All right, first one That's definitely hits. 13 for the second one. Yep. Ooh, 90 20 for the third. Ooh, Ooh, nice. Okay, so the first two we're going for uh, number one. Uh, yep. So how much damage do those two do? 11 damage total. Okay. He's hurting. His fur is very singed. All right, and what about the one that's hanging off a flower that you got a critical hit on? All right, so he took uh, he took 16. <laughs> oh, shit. It's looking very singed, too. A big ball of lightning just erupts, and its fur crackles into flame, uh, and it, it lets go of its grip on flower and starts shrieking and cackling in agony. All right. Next up is Athanasius. Okay, so just to confirm, two dead, two very nearly dead. One that hasn't been touched. Okay. Yep. Well, I'm definitely gonna fucking toll the dead, one of the ones that's not doing well. Which one? The one next to Flower? Yeah, probably the one next to Flower, yeah. Fails. Hey, seven damage. Okay, it, uh... Gives one last howl and drops to the ground dead. Opa. Whew. Yeah, poor flower is streaming blood from the pretty nasty looking uh, neck wound that thing gave him. One of my little arms is like staunching it. Okay, next up is flesh stripper number five, who is now not not feeling necessarily so good about his life choices. All right, uh, he turns and he makes for Athanasius, who looks maybe slightly vulnerable. And hits. All right. Uh, eight damage, and then make me a Constitution saving throw. Natty twenty on the con save. Ooh, nice. 
you just look at this thing and it, it kind of shrinks back in fear a little bit. Like, oh, oh, I'm so sorry. I really shouldn't have done that. Oh, shit. Yeah, you shouldn't have, motherfucker. It poops a little bit on the ground. All right. Uh, next up is Flower. All right. Can I go for either of them while still keeping Caden behind me? Yeah. Yeah, Caden Caden has plenty of move. You guys haven't been moving around a lot, so Caden can use whatever movement he wants to keep behind you easily. All right, well, I'll make it clear that I'm trying to shield you, Caden, and um, go for the one on Athanasius. Okay. Uh, 16 to hit. Yep. Eight damage. All right, you bring your bone machete down on it with a resounding crack, and it yelps in pain. Come and get it! All right. Flesh stripper number one is back up. Uh, he's very singed, but he looks mad. He mad. And he goes at you, Flower. And since you just attacked the other one, I think pack tactics does apply here, right? Yeah. Sadly. Oh yeah, your armor's really high, but that that still does hit. Okay. It's not a crit though. All right, four four piercing damage. All right, so make another Constitution saving throw then. Fucking goddamn. <laughs> Nine. Oh, man. Okay. Uh, oh, it's only a one this time. Okay, so... Flower's still standing, but just barely. Just barely. Yep. All right. Now it is Caden's turn. All right. I don't want Flower to go down, so I'm going to cast... Well, if the wolves are getting packed tactics, they're within five feet of each other. So if you have any, like... True. That chain lightning or whatever would hit them both. Yeah, the static arc. Yeah. Yeah, that was my cantrip. I was gonna, gonna... We'll do that. They have to okay. make this dexterity saving throw. Alright, uh, the one saves, the other does not. Which one saves? Uh, n- uh, number one saves, and number two does not. Or number so five one, does not. The one that's almost dead is... Miraculously saved. Dude, no. that guy... Yeah, it did. It rolled a natty 20. I don't know no. what's up with that guy. I want to well, how much damage do you do? I do four. All right. Well, you're you're close to getting the other one. Yeah, but it doesn't help flower. <laughs> well, it, it helps in the long run. It's okay. Uh, okay, Athanasius, you're up next. Okay, I told I told the dead the one that Caden just almost killed. Uh, I'm sorry, my friend. It got a ni- it, I just rolled a nineteen. So no. What is with this fucking thing? God. I don't know. It's immune. They don't. They, they don't fear death. That's the problem. They're not afraid. They're they're not afraid of you at all. It was good knowing you, my friends. I know. Uh, number five. Uh, actually turns and goes for Caden. Uh, he's not happy about that static bolt that just hit him. I was trying to stay in front of him. I did. Um. Yeah. Opportunity attack. That is true. That that that's actually that's completely valid. So yeah. Oh, no, you don't. That's a non-natty 20 to hit. Woo, okay. Fuck yeah, max damage. 11. Okay. Uh, Yeah, Uh, as he goes for uh, Caden, all of a sudden you slice him right open, right through the belly. uh, And his stinky entrails spill out all over the floor. Floor? (laughs) Ground? Sand? Whatever, where even are we? (laughs) Oh, and, it, no. and it dies. It, it dies. It's it's dead. So All what right. You get? <laughs> yep. And now it's Flower's turn. 
All right, I turn to the other one. It's still still going to fight to the death. Oh, Not yeah. Not showing any, now that's the only one. No, this thing is is completely mad. Okay, um, we're going golf swing for, for the face. All right. 16? Oh, yeah. And nine damage. Oh, yeah. Um, you club it in the face and you hear the bones of its jaw and skull splinter. Uh, and it, it drops in, in midair. It was leaping right for you, but you thwacked it. You thwack it so hard that as its bones crack uh, under the weight of your blow, it's actually thrown several feet away from you, too, and skids across the sands. Ugh. All right. <laughs> That's your war cry? Ugh. I'm at four hit points. I, I, I don't have the energy to do much more than that. Hey, aren't you glad twice? Athanasius got rid of the shades before they could fuck you up mm. even worse and then you had to fight these things? That's good. Level three, baby. <laughs> Stuff's going to really try to kill you now. Let's kill this last dude. I think that was it. Oh, no, that's it. You're, you're done. Oh, I thought the one fighting Athens was still alive. No, nope. no, I just I killed it with oh. the opportunity attack. No, they did. That was the, that was the last one, and he he looked at Flower and and charged him, and Flower just thwacked him, sent him awesome. flying. All right, congrats! All right. Yay! Yay. Uh, All right. All right. Let's approach the gate. <laughs> I turned to Flower. I'm like, ah, uh, as I like look at several different wounds on Flower's body that are like oozing right now. I've got like my little arms staunching the blood and I'm just like putting on a brave yeah, face. I, I've just got like one bite on me and I'm like, ah! <laughs> Laying on the ground in the fetal position. And Your I, shoelace uh, is untied again. I look back at the gate and see the floaty boy and I'm like, how about we rest for a bit? I agree. Out here, though, is there somewhere more secure we can get? I look around. We could build a tiny hut. A tiny hut. Dig Out a of sand. sand glue. You could try to shelter behind a dune, or uh, I mentioned that Zuljara is built up against sort of the side of a mountain called uh, Mount Zamrad. And the sort of... It's not a, like, sharp, jagged mountain. It's a very, like, smooth, eroded-by-sand mountain. And uh, some of it's sort of, like, sloping, um, for better lack of a term, just, like, the sloping bottom of the mountain kind of comes right down close by the road. Um, and there's actually some vegetation and stuff that grows sort of in the sheltered uh, crags there. Um, so it wouldn't be too much trouble to go over there and find shelter in the f sort of, um, foot, not, not foothills, because they're not quite big enough to be foothills for just one mountain, but the, the low area of Mount Zamrad. Let's do that. Point over there. Like, yeah, that. Yeah, we, we need to, we need to rest up, uh, recover. So let's go. All right. Yeah. Um, you can, as you go over there. Uh, you can pretty easily, you know, find a place that's a little bit sheltered. Uh, definitely, you think probably you haven't seen any of the floaty boys uh, come away from the city. Like they don't seem to be going out over the rest of the desert that is, um, you oh, know, under good. the gloaming. They seem to be surrounding the city. 
Um, so you don't think there's too much likelihood of them coming and finding you here. Might be more flesh strippers, so you probably might want to find like a defensible position. What do you do and say as you sort of rest up and make camp? You've each at this point lost a point of integrity. What are you feeling? This is a lot tougher than I thought it would be, and we're not even to the city yet. Yeah, I'm kind of really looking forward to getting back. Athen just kind of pulls out the uh, spell form and starts studying it again. Are you going to spend uh, like the whole long rest study, or not long rest, short? I'm assuming you guys are taking a short rest, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Are you going to spend the whole hour studying it? Yeah. All right, I, I'll give you some more information about it then at the end of uh, at the end of the, your your rest. Um, yeah, how are you guys uh, feeling? I mean, I I know you, you know, you're physically wounded, but you've you've also each endured a small but significant spiritual, psychic, uh, something like that wound as well. Um, you gained something for it, but you've also experienced a loss. How is each of you dealing with that? As far as I can tell, he just walked over and picked up a note, right? Like, I don't know what loss he incurred. As you walked over and picked up the note in response to the magic, as you read it, your longing to find your uncle increased. I think maybe Caden hadn't... You know, you, you've been doing a lot of stuff lately. You've been keeping busy. You've been in crazy ruins with, like, scary centipedes and golems. And then Captain Virtinia turned on you and you had to deal with that. And then you spent a week training with Raya and you've sort of been running around back and forth. And I think maybe it's been a little while since your uncle was at the forefront of your mind. But now yeah, he is. Yeah, I, I was about to say, you know, he's it's, it's starting to make him feel a little bit... Uh, homesick again, you know, because he's been so busy the last, I guess, week or so. I don't know. Yeah. The last little while. A tiny thought worms its way into your mind through the hole you opened. That if things that are lost are found here, if you found a note, you could find your uncle. Hmm. Okay, just, I imagine he's laying on his back with his hands behind his head, just looking at the sky, just pondering. Flower, uh, what are you feeling? Mostly a desire to leave and get back to all the other people. We met a bunch of cool people, and now we've got more ways to talk with others, and I want to get back to that. As you look at the ID tags, I know you were wondering, you know, they the people here have the same last name. Maybe it's a wife, could be a sister. I think as you look at them, you realize that you don't know Virtinia's first name. You don't know which of them she was. Mm-hmm. I think, just like I said with Caden, in the tiny hole that your acceptance opened up, uh, a little thought worms its way in. You want so badly to change Virginia. You want so badly for her to be the person that you know that she could be, a better person. And the thought enters your mind that, well, maybe if only you could undo the thing that hurt her. Maybe if only you could bring back the thing that she lost. Maybe, maybe that would change her heart. Athen? I'm just like really intently studying the spell form and wondering if I'm going to find more like that here, hoping that I'm going to be able to find more like that here. Athen, uh, you're studying the spell model 
as your eyes flow over the lines and the diagrams and, uh, you know, some of it is sort of, this was clearly an experimental spell model. Parts of it are scratched out and then altered. Um, someone was clearly, this was their notes. They were experimenting. They were trying to figure something out. And your brain is doing the same thing. It's trying to figure it out with them and little by little learning what that thing they were trying to figure out was. And you realize that this isn't just... Uh, necessarily a spell of transference it's it's also fixing something in place um it's it's transferring things around but maybe in a sort of equilibrium it's fixing things into a new pattern into a new form this is magic at a level an elementary level but also a, a grand cosmic level that you have almost you know, never even dreamed of before, but your life has been getting a little bit strange lately. And just throughout it all, you almost feel like you're getting to know the person who desperately made this drawing, um, trying to figure out the same thing you are, trying to figure out the pattern of this, this spell. Um, and again, you just notice the mark down in the corner, uh, the double A, almost like someone's initials. That's it for this week. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. And please give us a rating and review to help others join our adventure. You can find out more about the show and how to get in touch with us on our website, TalesFromTheTableCast.com and you can find us on Twitter at TableTalesCast. This podcast was edited by Cloud and Audrey and produced by Cloud. Special thanks to Matt Marshall for his awesome advice. Our theme music is 8-Bit Adventure by Adhesive Wombat. This is your Dungeon Master, Cloud, and I hope you'll join us next week on Tales from the Table. Give me one second as my cat settles herself. She decided now all of a sudden she's going to be active. Baby. Baby, we're in the middle of something important. Baby, come back. You can blame it all on me. Baby, come back.